The Commercial Real Estate Show is an informative radio program for thought-provoking enlightenment. The show, nor the station, host, or guest through this show audio are providing legal, accounting, or other fiduciary advice. For representation to suit your specific requirements, engage an experienced professional familiar with your company, property sector, and market area. For recommendations to professional providers to suit your endeavors, you're invited to contact the host at commercialrealestateshow.com. Enjoy. Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. Learn market knowledge and best practices to lead your company's success. And that's whatever type of work you do, we appreciate you joining us. And laugh, I believe we have to have some fun along the way. Well, hello, I am Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. If you have any questions or comments about our topic today or about any commercial real estate related endeavors, give us a call. Our number is 888 888- 612 show. You can also reach us by email at info at CREshow.com. You can also catch us through your favorite social media sites. You can find them all at commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're going to explore the U.S. industrial market. We'll take a look at the investment market. We'll look at property level performance and the factors expected to affect industrial real estate moving forward. Please welcome my first guest, Ryan Severino, Senior Economist with Reese. For more than 30 years, Reese has been a trusted provider of impartial commercial real estate performance information and analysis. Reese provides updated trends and forecasts of rent, vacancy, and inventory for apartment, office, retail, and industrial properties in up to 200 metropolitan areas and more than 6,300 markets. Ryan, welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Hey, Michael. Thanks for having me back. Well, we appreciate you joining us today. And, well, let's start with the sector performance. How has industrial performed so far this year? You know, I'd say uh, the industrial sector continues its slow recovery, and that was certainly evident during the second quarter. Uh, Vacancy for the warehouse distribution subsector of the market fell by about 10 basis points during the quarter to about 11.8%. Asking rents grew by about uh, by about half a percent to four dollars and seventy four cents a square foot. Effective rents grew by about the, about the same half a percent to about four dollars and thirty cents per square foot. And uh, I'd say net absorption continues to be positive. We saw about fourteen million square feet absorbed in our ma- major markets. I'd say on the the flex R and D side uh, of the house, vacancy also declined by about ten basis points to. 13.8%. So there's about a 200 basis point spread right now between where the warehouse distribution side of the market is and where the flex R&D side of the market. But even on the flex R&D side where vacancies are a bit higher, asking rents grew by about slightly 0.1% to about 8.82 per square foot while effective rents also grew by about 0.1% to 784 per square foot. And same story uh, there, you know, net absorption positive during the quarter if not spectacularly slow. Uh, about a million square feet, a uh, million and a half square feet in our major markets. So, you know, the recovery marches onward, but the pace of recovery is still rather pedestrian. Okay, so it's slow, steady growth. And is that a similar trend that you saw last year, or is there any adjustment in, in that? It's, it's fairly similar. I think we're still waiting to see uh, an acceleration in, in the underlying economic growth before we see more of an acceleration in the industrial market fundamentals. So uh, until we see the economy shift into a bit of a higher gear, I would expect uh, the rate of improvement to be about the same as we've seen over the last, say, uh, six to 12 months. Okay. So moving forward the rest of this year and next year, you, you expect the same thing then? At least through the balance of this year, I think next year I'm going to hold out some hope that the economy will accelerate a bit relative to where uh, 
uh, we're likely to end up this year. And I think that could be, uh, you know, a pretty good catalyst for at least uh, increasing improvement uh, in fundamentals, if not outright uh, massive acceleration in fundamental improvement next year. Okay. And what are some of the factors, Ryan, that, that are affecting industrial real estate right now and, and what might improve the, the growth in the sector? You know, honestly, the biggest factor that, that I've been noticing recently is the impact that the Internet uh, and e-commerce is having on industrial. I think uh, everybody really knows that uh, Internet uh, slash e-commerce uh, sales have, have had a huge impact on the retail market, and that's, that's, I think that's obviously well known. But e-commerce users are actually having a fairly significant impact on the industrial market. They are clearly preferring uh, you know, very new centers with large uh, contiguous blocks of space that have more dock doors that are preferably cross-docked, that have greater clear heights because they finally figured out that you rent space in industrial buildings in three dimensions and not two. Uh, and they're looking for floors that can support heavier loads if they're going to be stacking uh, the goods that they're storing higher and higher and higher. Uh, what's interesting about this trend is it's actually rendering many older buildings not just unpalatable for uh, space needs, but functionally obsolete. And so while there's uh, robust demand for new distribution centers, it seems like there's not much, if any, demand for some of these older centers that just don't really meet the needs of today's users. And so in many markets where we've seen this increase in demand from e-commerce-related tenants, and not just Amazon, but even some of the bricks-and-mortar retailers that are, are really trying to distribute via the Internet as well, there's been a clear uh, rift in the demand between newer, uh, newer, more modern buildings and some of the older, more uh, functionally obsolete buildings. Yeah, those are good points. And what effect are, uh, is economy having on industrial real estate with the sequester and uh, GDP growth? Uh, what do you see there? You know, I, I think what we're really seeing is the fact that you know, there, there are kind of two things that are, you know, really, really drive, at least on the, the warehouse distribution side. You know, obviously importing and exporting goods tend to be stored before they end up somewhere. And so what, what the slow growth has is, is really done to uh, the industrial market is it's really caused there to be uh, a concentration of markets that are improving, whereas there are a lot of markets that just are, are still struggling a bit. So I would say, you know, on the warehouse distribution side, the places where we're seeing the best improvement are either out-of-port markets or big distribution markets, places like Houston, Los Angeles, Atlanta, Riverside, San Bernardino, where we're seeing you know the biggest movement in rents these days, because uh, with a slow growth environment, we're, we're not seeing uh, a lot of growth trickle down to the smaller markets. And those markets, uh, you know, those big markets that I mentioned, are the most directly exposed to the flow of goods. Again, both being imported and exported, so they're really the main beneficiaries of a slow recovery in industrial at the moment. And I would say. On the flex R&D side, the markets where we've seen with the, the biggest increases uh, have really occurred predominantly in California, places like San Francisco and San Diego, and that's, that's not all that surprising given how the technology sector has outperformed the overall economy and, and it's, you know, given its uh, strong presence in the state of California. But there, you know, what we need to see for the flex R&D side to come bouncing back is more job creation from small to medium-sized firms because they're the primary users of that flex R&D space. And so with sequestration, with increase in taxes, it's, uh, and even, on, I would say, uncertainty over government policy, including Obamacare, it's keeping some of those small companies from going out and hiring at a more robust rate. And it's really stymieing demand for that 
complex R&D space. Right. That makes sense. And we're talking with Ryan Severino, senior economist with uh, Reese. And, and let's talk about the capital markets a little bit, Ryan. What do you see for uh, cap rates and uh, sales volume right now? You know, I, I would say what we've seen through the first half of the year is that uh, I would say transaction volume is, you know, it's still kind of flat to upward uh, relative to what we saw last year. And, and again, that kind of mirrors what we're seeing in the underlying improvement in fundamentals. Uh, because it's a slow improvement in the economy, it's a slow improvement uh, in overall market fundamentals, it's, it's absolutely a recovering market, but the pace of recovery is more or less keeping up with what we're seeing in the overall economy and markets. I would say on the capital market side, you know, cap rates continue to generally trend downward, even if the preference is uh, for some of those newer, uh, you know, more modern buildings that I was, I was referencing before. I would say cap rates overall are probably in the, the high sevens, you know, somewhere around seven, 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 eight percent, something like that. So uh, a recovery to be sure, but uh, again, kind of a, a slow pedestrian pace of recovery. Okay. And what do you expect to see for cap rates moving forward? Are these institutional uh, quality buildings, uh, are these cap rates going to still uh, compress some more or what do you expect there? Yeah, I would say, you know, over our forecast horizon, say the next five years or so, uh, I would expect continued downward movement in cap rates as the economy continues to recover, as market fundamentals continue to recover. Those will be really good catalysts for people to want to be in the space. Uh, I ex- again, uh, you know, I expect this to occur at a somewhat modest pace, but I think cap rates should probably fall you know, downward to the mid sevens over the next few years. And by the you know the middle of this decade, I would expect them uh, to be in the low sevens with some of those new high quality buildings, uh, you know, being uh, well below that and having a, a significant premium to the overall market. Okay, well that's going to be good news for a lot of people. Ryan, where do you see opportunities right now? You know. Uh, to be honest, I'll be the first person to acknowledge that there can be some difficulty in securing financing, but I think there's actually a pretty solid development opportunity for a lot of these newer centers at the moment because ideal space is just difficult to find in a lot of major markets. In fact, because older buildings are, it's not just that they're just not palatable, that they're really obsolete. Tenants are now considering building or leasing space in new buildings, even if it's somewhat further away from where the customer base is located and or the main distribution arteries and infrastructure, and they're doing that in order to secure the type of space that they really need. I would say this is one of the rare times where uh, you see in real estate that location is actually being trumped a bit uh, by building specifications, and I think that's a pretty interesting development in the world of uh, what I otherwise think is somewhat sleepy industrial real estate. (laughs) Okay. Well, Ryan, thanks for joining us today. Oh, no problem, Michael. Thanks for having me on. Always uh, good to chat with you. For more information from Ryan Severino Reese, visit Reese.com. We'll have more on the industrial real estate market for you in just a moment. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit BullRealty.com or call 800 800- 408 Bull. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. If you'd like to know the absolute latest on any commercial real estate-related topics, check out our on-demand show podcasts. For example, we recently interviewed the national presidents of some of the major associations, including BOMA, SIOR, and NAOP, to help you pick which associations 
might benefit your business. We also just launched separate shows on the office and retail markets. There are lots of interesting shows to choose from. You can access the shows on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. Just visit iTunes or the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're exploring the U.S. industrial market. Please welcome Larry Callahan, CEO with Patillo Industrial Real Estate. Founded in 1950, Patillo serves as both design, build, general contractor, and the largest privately held industrial development operation based in the Southeast. Patillo has developed over 1,000 buildings, totaling over 70 million square feet, and owned thousands of acres of land for new development along key transportation corridors. Larry, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. <laughs> All right. And please welcome Brian Cordoza, Senior Leasing Manager with ProLogis. ProLogis is a leading global provider of distribution facilities with more than 550 million square feet of industrial space in markets all across North America, Europe, and Asia. They're headquartered in San Francisco, and ProLogis is a member of the S&P 500, publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker symbol PLD. Brian, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Good morning. Well, guys, we've heard from uh, Severino about how the market is performing overall around the country from a from a elevated view, from an analyst view. But you guys are on the on the floor every day. You're you're out there seeing what's happening. You know, Larry, what do you see? How are your your properties performing right now? Well, I think Ryan described it as uh, kind of a pedestrian recovery. Mm -hmm. The good news is that all the pedestrians are moving in the right direction. <laughs> so uh, we are have seen a steady uh, improvement in the market over the last couple of years. Uh, we, we, we haven't seen what I would call a robust recovery, uh, but we, we do see steady improvement, uh, a return of confidence. Uh, and what we would see before Ryan would is a steady flow of prospects. And we are seeing an increase in that, good solid companies uh, that are gonna do, do major projects. So uh, we're seeing an improving market. And are you seeing occupancy improve in your properties? We're seeing both things happen that we would really wanna see uh, in our businesses. We're seeing occupancy improve and we're seeing an increase in rates. Okay, and what are you seeing, Brian, at Pro Lodges? Yeah, I would echo that. We are certainly seeing occupancy go mm -hmm. up, rates are going up, and last week we heard from our CEO during the earnings call and he also told us internally it's time to start worrying more about pushing rates than it is occupancy and this is on a global perspective uh, mm -hmm. certainly there are markets that still need to focus on occupancy but that was a great sign wait you can raise rents now <laughs> we yeah. haven't heard that in a while right yeah. let's focus on value yeah <laughs> well one thing about that that you got to think about is when we're talking about raising rents um asking rents have actually been lower than they were three or four years ago so we're just moving back just like we are in say housing values you know they're moving back up toward what they used to be right and but that's what you're, you're supposed to do to keep these uh, properties valuable right mm -hmm. well what about uh, lease negotiations and concessions and and lease terms uh larry what do you see what's going on there well i think the world is intensely competitive and uh you know everybody has seen that but I will say that as time goes by and more and more of the space that was available on the market gets absorbed, particularly the space that people find very appealing, in the right location, the right size, um, as those become um, not as many available out there, it does shift the dynamics of the lease negotiation a little bit more uh, toward the landlord. Now, I would still refer to this as a buyer's market. Um, and, but I do think that we are seeing fewer concessions. I think that's industry-wide. 
and we're seeing uh, some increase in the rates. And I think that's, you know, for the health of the industry, I think it's a good thing. Okay. And uh, what do you see, uh, Brian? Yeah, again, I would agree with, with Larry. Um, concessions are tightening. Rates are slowly going up. Where I see a challenge, though, is lease negotiations. Mm-hmm. That is still a challenge. However, we go from a lot of prospects to nothing several months ago now to prospects to lease being drafted, negotiated. So that's a good sign, but they are scrapping and clawing in other parts of the lease since the concessions are down and rates are trying to go up. I see. So it's still a tenant's market, and so they're still striving to to get the, some of these terms that they want. Uh, what are some of the sort of the terms that you saw that you had to give up in a worse market that maybe you're you're starting to be able to get away from now in these lease negotiations? Free rent. Free rent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I think it's another characteristic that has popped up in the market. There are a lot of people that um, as they go through the negotiations, one of the key things for them is flexibility, the ability to um, increase their size, which is music to our ears, uh, or the ability to downsize if that, that suited their model. So we do get a lot more requests for flexibility in their space needs. Okay. And what types of properties in uh, what market areas are you seeing the most demand right now, Brian? Yeah, well, we're fortunate to be located around the country and around the world in in good logistics hubs. So I would say a lot of our markets are seeing the activity, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Atlanta, Chicago, the West Coast. Uh, The properties are modern facilities, higher clear height, Uh, the bells and whistles that come with the T5 lighting, deeper truck courts, trailer parking. Uh, that's where we see the, the most demand right now. Okay, so you're seeing the older buildings see a lot less demand, uh, like uh, uh, Ryan was saying? Yes. Yeah. I'll comment on that, too, just an observation. As, as we've watched the market come back over the last three or four years, um, the, the healing has tended to be from the outside of the country in toward the middle, the distribution markets that are very heavy international. Uh, we've, we've seen the coastal markets uh, be very active. The one exception there, I would say, would be Dallas, which is driven to a significant degree by uh, the energy in- industry coming back. But So I would characterize it as healing kind of from the outside in. And the same has been true in local markets. If you take a, a market like Atlanta, which happens to be where we're based, um, we've seen that market heal. Uh, we've had uh, industrial parks that, were, that got 30 or 40 percent vacant uh, out on the periphery of Atlanta that are now full. And uh, the movement seems to be coming closer and closer in. The older buildings that are actually closer into town are going to be the last that are filling up. That's interesting. So what types of companies are you seeing the most demand from? You mentioned energy uh, in Texas. What are some of the other industries you see that are creating the most demand for you? Yeah. E-commerce is certainly growing for us. Um, 3PLs and freight forwarders are are calling a lot all around the country. We're seeing a lot of demand from them as well as uh, consumer goods and food grade, food grade facilities. Okay. What do you see, Larry? Well, Patillo is a little different in the industrial market. There are a lot of uh, folks uh, like Prologis that that focus on distribution facilities, and we do also, but we also do a lot of manufacturing. Uh, We've built about 450 manufacturing plants over the years. So uh, we, we are seeing um, a, a lot of demand in aerospace. Uh, we've built for Boeing. Uh, we've, we're seeing a lot of demand in automotive and heavy equipment. Uh, th- those companies are, are uh, 
are, are expanding. Uh, the other what I would just point out is, um, you know, those companies are coming here because of uh, just the, the surge in manufacturing in America, which I'm sure we can talk more about if you like. Uh, but uh, we're also seeing consumer staples that are just the, the, the bread and butter, if you will, uh, of the economy. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And I would like to get into some other things like construction and and cap rates and uh, what's affecting this market uh, coming up. So we'll have more for you on industrial real estate. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. You're invited to check out our YouTube channel. There are three sections of videos. There's uh, market updates for various property sectors. Uh, there's a section for available properties and a section for informative videos related to commercial real estate, uh, such as lease tips, social media, contracts, agent success strategies, and many more. Just visit YouTube and search for the channel Bull Realty. Well, today we're exploring the U.S. industrial market with Larry Callahan with Patillo and Brian Cardoza with Prologis. And uh, Larry, let's talk about supply chain optimization. Big word there. Mm -hmm. What's going on there? Tell our listeners about that. Well, it's a big driver in the economy right now. To give you an idea of how profile it's become, uh, just recently you had the President of the United States making a, uh, a speech at a warehouse that Amazon had just built up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, it, it is high profile, um, and uh, the, 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 a lot of people will remember back in the 2000s uh, that a lot of companies were optimizing their supply chain. Well, you know, we now fast forward eight or ten years, and they're doing it again. Uh, and the e-tailers are the ones that are the uh, most prominent. Um, Amazon is building, you know, 50, 60 million uh, square feet of new space around the country. Um, and others are doing the same thing. So they're all rethinking exactly where their customers are, where their products come from, and what is the best possible way to deliver the product at the lowest possible cost. So uh, we're seeing it as a big driver in the market. Okay. So they've started this several years ago, though, really, for the e-tailers, e- right? And that they're still active, or is it more active? Oh, I, I think it's uh, accelerating. Yeah. We're going to see more and more of it. Okay. And Brian, are these the, the larger tenants? These are the larger spaces uh, only or, or, or all the above, all middle-sized classes and of tenants? And No, mainly where we're seeing is in the larger spaces. For example, yeah. we've just completed a 1.1 million square foot facility for Home Depot in Atlanta mm-hmm. for their e-commerce business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are finishing three data centers in the D.C. area for Amazon. Now, that's not an e-commerce facility, but it certainly is part of that and not only are they doing it for themselves we're understanding they are recruiting other companies to let them be their data center mm-hmm. be their cloud so it's certainly affecting our the supply chain okay so it's a bigger box tenants and it's near major cities is that where they're they're moving toward or at the crossroads yeah. of the world Cross- yes yeah. yeah wherever that is the crossroads of the world sometimes are on the periphery um you know near near the coast but uh, there, there are certain key markets in the country, you know, Chicago, uh, Denver, um, Dallas, Atlanta. You know, those are also major crossroads in the interior. 
Okay. So you've got good demand for these big spaces. What about demand for smaller spaces? Are you seeing entrepreneurs uh, getting back in the market and, and small business? I think it'd be fair to say that the entrepreneurs were kind of missing in action for the last couple of years. Uh, there, were, there were a number, obviously, that, that held on. Everybody didn't go under in 2008. But um, there was a significant lack of confidence in the economy, and there was a lack of money available to small businesses getting started. Uh, we are seeing that start to wake up now. I wouldn't call it a tidal wave of activity, but um, it, it's very important because even though we focus on the million square foot buildings, if you look at the average industrial building in a, in a major market like, say, Atlanta, uh, there's you know 14,000 industrial buildings. The average is about 45,000 square feet, which is about the size of a football field. So uh, that, that building, which in, in today's standards is a relatively small building, that's still the bulk of the market. And uh, there's a need for those people to come back. Ryan Severino made reference to it in the earlier comments uh, that you know the smaller spaces are um, uh, starting to get in play, uh, haven't really been uh, the active part of the market. But we are seeing that start to happen. And we are seeing banks expressing a willingness to loan to particularly owner-occupants of space. Uh, so one of the unusual phenomenons that we've seen uh, recently is not only entrepreneurs coming back in the market, and expressing interest in smaller spaces, but they want to buy them rather than rent them. Okay. Brian, do you see the same thing? Some of these smaller tenants come back in, and, and, and who are the typical tenants that uh, you're seeing more demand in the smaller tenants? Yeah, absolutely we are. You know, Prologis can sometimes be known as uh, the big box guy, but our bread and butter is fifty to 100,000 square feet, which mm -hmm. typically translates to small mom and pops, local businesses, or regional operations, and they are growing. Yeah. And who are these tenants? Are, are, are any of them involving housing, or, or who are the smaller tenants being active? No, we've not seen a huge increase in the housing come back in our business. Uh, it's mainly been consumer goods, uh, which hopefully is a good sign that housing is coming along right there behind it. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, consumer goods or, again, I mentioned earlier, the three PLs and the freight porters. Mm -hmm. Those products vary from high-end automobiles coming from Europe going to very wealthy people in Central America yeah. to um, the potato chips we eat every day. Right. Don't tell my wife to eat that many potato <laughs> chips. You're busting me here, okay? <laughs> All right, we're going to have more for you on the industrial market. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media. France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com or call 404-832-8262. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We have some incredible shows coming up for you, including a show on lease versus purchase considerations at this point in the cycle. You know, with prices in some cases still well below replacement costs, we have a good selection of properties in some markets. We certainly have bargain interest rates. And then you look at where we are in the cycle in the beginning of a recovery. It's a great time to consider buying property for your business. So we'll check out that show uh, in a couple of weeks. Don't miss a show 
of special interest to you. Sign up for a once-a-week email announcing the show topic at commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're exploring the U.S. industrial market. My guests are Larry Callahan and Brian Cordoza. And uh, gentlemen, I'd like to talk about building. I mean, we, we're seeing some strength in the market. Uh, we're seeing some rent growth, you said. Uh, is it time to build yet, uh, Brian? Uh, are you guys uh, building any spec yet? I know you're building build a suit, right? Yeah. But are you building any spec? Yeah, certainly we're doing build the suits. In, in spec, we're being strategic. Yeah, uh, There are certain markets where either we are under construction or considering going under construction, but I wouldn't call us a strong spec developer right now. Right. You're seeing enough demand, I guess, in the build a suit that that you feel like you, you don't need to go there that much, I guess, right? Yeah, with a, still a good existing inventory yeah. and land that is ready to mm-hmm. uh, be value added to that by mm-hmm. way of a, a preferred build a suit. Mm-hmm. That's where we're headed right now. But again, not ruling out spec buildings, but I wouldn't put us at the top of the list of being the guys building everywhere. Yeah. Larry, what do you see for as far as spec right now? Well, I think the market needs to recover a little more in terms of filling up some more space, and the rates need to creep up a little bit before you're going to see a broad push for a lot of speculative uh, development. So that may be a way off. But there are places that um, you get to a point where there is not uh, the type of building that people want available in that market. And when that happens, you can actually start pulling the spec trigger. Uh, We actually built the first two speculative buildings that were built in the state of Georgia in four years. Uh, We did those last year. Now, both of them are in that bread and butter, you know, 50 to 100,000 square foot range, and they're targeted toward manufacturing companies. Uh, We also just purchased some land up in uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina, and we are preparing to build a speculative building there also. Uh, It's within a couple miles of uh, the BMW plant up there. Uh, So, yes, there are places where we are seeing the dynamics uh, reach the point where it makes sense to do it. We do not expect a flood of it to happen right yet, uh, but people are tiptoeing back in the market. So you have buildings available right now for manufacturers? Yes, sir. Give me a call. (laughs) (laughs) You're moving in right now. Well, what about construction costs? I think some of our listeners may believe that uh, construction costs uh, are a little lower, maybe land costs are a little lower. Uh, What do you see for construction costs uh, in industrial properties right now as compared to maybe pre-recession? Well, the, um, what everybody would think, because you've had a period of time where there's been a lot of space available, uh, and that space available is available at lower rates than it used to be three or four years ago, that the cost of building a new building may also be down. But the truth is, it's about the same, and maybe in some components has gone up. Uh, so as the new buildings are, are being created, uh, they're not being created at a, at a bargain price. Uh, if you want the new building, it's uh, the costs that are available today. Um, we're in a world market, and um, it's it's not less expensive than it was four years ago. Yeah. What do you see, yeah, Brian? No, I would I would agree with that. Costs have not excuse me. Costs have not gone down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've hold pretty steady for us over the last few years. Mm-hmm. And on the new buildings that build the suit uh, product that you're building, are they? Um, more expensive i mean are they, are they looking for more expensive components in these buildings than they did a few years ago yeah they are uh we chased one not too long ago where typically you put on an office component 50 dollars a square foot roughly they were asking for 70 to 80 and that's what they ended up getting mm-hmm. uh, going very high end on the office uh, making it more appealing to their employees more appealing to customers and and that come to visit them in their facilities. Mm-hmm. And then the bells and whistles that come with the warehouse itself. 
uh, have have made the cost hold steady. And what are you seeing there? What are they asking for? Uh, well, the the clear heights are certainly higher. Uh, what are you, they you, now? Thirty-two to thirty-six. Mm-hmm. Larry. Yeah, in the larger buildings for sure. Uh, they, as as Ryan pointed out, uh, they have realized that they're actually renting a cube, yeah. uh, not not square footage, and uh, that the ability to stack high is actually beneficial to their operation. Yeah. So we are seeing uh, uh, that kind of request for for larger distribution buildings, in smaller buildings and, and in buildings that are uh, manufacturing oriented, you don't necessarily need a thirty six foot clear ceiling. Yeah. I just want to be able to play basketball in my office. I mean, the ceiling's <laughs> that high. Yeah. And I can't dunk anymore, so I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not going to hit my head or anything. Yeah. Uh, well, that's interesting. So what about uh, land costs? I mean, uh, you know, there's there's land was hit pretty hard in the recession. What do you see for uh, land costs out there, uh, Larry? Well, I, I think the numbers generally uh, went down on land cost. And if you're talking, you know, national perspective, it's hard to say what does land cost. I mean, it's a pretty wide variety uh, from, you know, uh, some coastal markets or very uh, tight markets where the prices may be uh, more than $100,000 an acre. Uh, then there are opportunities which uh, we have uh, during the downturn seen opportunities where land was available it had been foreclosed on by banks uh, sitting right on the interstate and we purchased it for uh, less than ten thousand dollars an acre so uh, there's a pretty wide range and there have been some opportunities out there right now now well-positioned industrial land with all utilities in a zoned uh, park that is has covenants and is very appealing that number is substantially higher than the purchase price I just refer, right. referred to. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we, we saw a lot of land around the southeast, and we just had a recent property, 500 acres, that uh, was on the market and went under contract. We had one buyer uh, low, had to lower the price. They fell out. I put it back on the market, 500 acres. We have multiple competing offers at full price. So uh, land is, is changing. We're going to have more on the industrial market in just a moment. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. How would you like to have the show when and where you want it? Well, you're invited to subscribe to the show on iTunes. You can find the Commercial Real Estate Show at the podcast section on iTunes. There's also a link at the show homepage, commercialrealestateshow.com. Today, we're exploring the U.S. industrial market with Larry Callahan and Brian Cordoza. And Brian, I'd like to ask you about the benefits of investing in industrial real estate or REITs that are in the industrial space over the uh, other sectors. Uh, What is it that's so appealing about industrial? Well... First of all, it's incredibly sexy. <laughs> have, you, have you pulled into a truck court lately and watched a 53-footer back up yeah. with such grace and put a pallet of products yeah. on there and, and ship it off to the next destination? Yeah. Well, yeah. well, that explains why my son was on a computer game backing a truck up. Yeah. You, know, he just really, <laughs> you can't take your eyes off of it. It's really hot. <laughs> now, I would say seriously that investing in industrial right now is, is good. If you look at the last three to five years, what rental rates did, around the country they for the most part went down Uh, occupancy went down 
now we're seeing the trend as we mentioned in the beginning of the show that they're both of those are heading up rates up occupancy up you can go in now and, and make a purchase of real estate industrial real estate and provide a nice return down the road for for your investors as, as if we if our crystal ball is correct rates are heading up occupancy is heading up yeah and you know we're certainly at a good part of uh, the cycle of real estate you know we're in a recovery and historically you know uh, that's been a great time to buy in real estate and invest in in REITs and in real estate in general well uh, Larry what else might surprise people maybe that won't surprise people but what might surprise people about industrial real estate today I think the thing everybody's got to watch for is you know, after a long period where things have been relatively slow, pedestrian, if you will, uh, it actually you're can still pop offended back. by that. Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but it, after, it, and it's also fairly accurate, even though I was offended by it. <laughs> it has been relatively slow for a while now. But there are moments in time where the human animal is a funny thing. We can go through long periods of time where we are moving very slowly on things, and then people realize the opportunity and they jump on it. I think it's happening in the housing market, and it's reflected in markets like uh, around the country. Some of them have dropped, you know, have you know they dropped substantially when uh, the the downturn hit, but they've been popping back up 20% a year in terms of values of housing. Uh, the same thing's going to happen in the rest of the commercial real estate market. Uh, as people start coming back into the market, housing pops up. All the people that serve housing, whether it's um, you know uh, carpeting, flooring, cabinetry, uh, air conditioning, everything that goes into it is all going to pop up with it uh, as as the building comes back. So it's still filling existing spaces, recovering. Uh, it we're not healed yet. It does seem like it's relatively slow, but I see it popping back up with more enthusiasm than people. Are now expecting. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, it's like that uh, I just mentioned on that land. You know, we have one offer, we have to reduce the price. Now we have two months later, we have multiple offers uh, uh, competing at over list. It can change quickly. Well, Brian, uh, what is a closing tip that you could share with our listeners? Yeah, sure. I tell this to my kids a lot and then to myself don't burn bridges. You may meet that person again someday. Yeah, that's a good one. Larry? Well, I'll just close with a quote from Charles Schultz, who's the founder of uh, Peanuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, don't worry about the world coming to an end today. It's already tomorrow in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so if it was going to happen, it's already happened. <laughs> and you just don't know it yet. Yes, indeed. Well, guys, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate uh, your insight. Sure. Yeah, thank you for having me. All thank right. You. And thank you for joining us uh, there at home and uh, on YouTube and uh, on the radio. And uh, I have a question for you as a listener. Can you join us next week? Well, I hope so. We'll have a great show. We'll look at the exciting world of property management. It will will be exciting. Uh, Maybe not as sexy as industrial, but it will be exciting. So be sure and tune in. And uh, thanks for joining us today. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by your friends at Bull Realty, France Media, Atlanta Office Liquidators, and Wiseman, Noack, Curry, and Wilco. For more information about these companies or to access additional show podcasts, videos, or blogs, visit commercialrealestateshow.com.